0: our podcast. Episode.
1: How are you, man? I'm good. I'm I, still not feeling 100% after yesterday's escapade, but you know.
0: What happened about. yesterday, man? Oh, heat exhaustion. Heat exhaustion.
1: It's the first time I've had it and it's the last time I'll have it. My <laughs> God, horrible. Absolutely horrible. Is it anything to do with your hair colour, do you think? Yeah, of course it has. <laughs> and the fact that I was like, I, do you know what? I just didn't drink enough. That's all it was, I just didn't drink enough while I was outside, it's my own fault.
0: Yeah. So. How's the garden looking, though?
1: He's getting there. Yeah? He's getting there. We've got stuff planted in the greenhouse. Brilliant, so. man. Yeah, yeah, we're getting there. We just need some more sun now, please. Thank you, anyone <laughs> up there, give me some sun. Needs <laughs> need some fucking sun.
0: It's been a while, it really has. But I think like what we thought about, we talk about this week is kind of how we met. Yeah, Um yeah. Which is a pretty, it's a saga of two stories, isn't it? Oh
1: yeah, it is, yeah. It definitely is.
0: Can you remember the year when it was originally? Two- I, didn't have,
1: I didn't have any kids,
0: <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> I think it was probably around 2002, three.
1: Let me think about this. I remember
0: yeah. being about 14, I It think. must be
1: 2002, 2003, yeah, because we had Travis in 2005.
0: Yeah.
1: Been, yeah, it must have been about two years before we had Travis, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah <laughs> in Manchester, on Urbis.
1: <laughs> Moshpot century.
0: Oh, I remember walking around the corner and was greeted by gang of how many people would you say I probably exaggerate there
1: weren't that many you know there was only about five or six of them yeah but when you're on your own and you're a teenage kid that's enough I was
0: I probably ate stone then five (laughs) five foot four absolutely terrified and uh yeah I got surrounded and absolutely mugged (laughs) um which was a very strange feeling. I was like, yeah, here's all my stuff. I am not arguing with you. <laughs> there well, you seat, go.
1: Yeah, when these fucking five or six guys there.
0: Yeah. And to be fair, i didn't have much. probably like a tenner in my wallet. Yeah, my, yeah. my no fear wallet. And your SIGs. <laughs> my SIGs and a lighter. I was like,
1: here you go. Here's my SIGs.
0: Richmond Super Kings.
1: Yeah, I knew they were something big. I remember it being a big packet.
0: Man, and then from my point of view, all I saw is this absolute mountain come out of nowhere. Like, give me fucking SIGs back. <laughs> <laughs> and succeeded in rescuing me from said youths
1: <laughs> but then the weird thing is we didn't speak to each other
0: no we didn't speak to each other that was it it was no nice one mate
1: thank you mate like, and then yeah yeah, yeah like, was it.
0: gone so then got off on my own way yeah out of my way Chris went off in his way and then god how many years later was it six years later
1: yeah, it would have been two, Yeah, two thousand and seven.
0: Yeah, yeah. Six years later, I uh, got a call. Do you wanna go and watch our ex-bandits play in, uh, in Amsterdam at Paradiso? It's like one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, got a couple of mates coming and one of my mates is coming from Edinburgh I was like alright oh, nice one that's cool we're all going to meet up blah 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 so we get the plane land off in in Shephall and we're waiting around for you yeah because like, I had
1: to fly in separately didn't I because I was coming from Edinburgh Yeah, because yeah. it balanced out you had two two hours to wait for me and I had to wait for two hours after you guys were fucked off when you were going home yeah <laughs>
0: And then, um, yeah, I remember waiting around the airport, and then you came and nothing clicked at all. Like, so, um, no,
1: nothing, no, not, e- not even the other part, no, it is another story in <laughs> its own right.
0: And then we, um, yeah, you paid for a taxi, we went straight to Greenhouse, didn't we? Do you
1: remember that fucking mad bastard, though, in the taxi? The taxi driver yeah. just chain smoking, fucking Marble Red, yeah,
0: swimming in and, out, in and out, and we were all just gripping on our seats, like, oh, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs>
1: we went to Greenhouse Central, didn't we because I was like we need to go here first and know all the staff were cocks
0: yeah oh they were it was just here's weed see you later get out of here just it was just I don't to be honest every time I've been since then I don't like going in there
1: no I know everyone who's that like, everyone who I know really, you either really enjoy it mm-hmm. but I think you've got to be as pretentious as the fucking blood senders yeah or everyone's like Mm, I think we're Greenhouse now if you ain't famous they don't care they don't care no, no. no but they
0: do sell really good weed you can't follow them on that it's just you don't feel really welcome smoking there maybe no. it's just every time I've been it's been always kind of sunny always like packed out so they just like get these people out of here but I think compared to all the coffee shops we went to later on and I've been to since who mm. were just so nice and accommodating no matter how busy they were it, yeah, it, it's yeah. the different, isn't
1: it well apart from that one that we came across in Rembrandt Square I can't remember what it was but it was full of chelsea hooligans who'd been drinking as well we there's some out, like, bad ones around there. just get the fuck out of there. yeah
0: i remember the last time i went we went in a coffee shop there and um Matt, was with Boston weed it was like spread like and he was just like what why are you selling weed like you don't you're in amsterdam yeah like, you don't do that you don't near do no, it
1: you don't do that yeah
0: but no. the guy's a dick so to be honest most coffee shops there are awful But um, yeah, it wasn't until I think... I mean, I remember getting a smoke and we got really high and we were spent hours walking around, damn.
1: Yeah, but the funny thing was everybody wanted to go to the hotel first and I was like no 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 let's just go get baked first it's more fun and do you remember that fucking massive map that I bought
0: yeah because this was pre-sell, pre-mobile phones, yeah, yeah. pre phones like, yeah, no, pre-google maps PFL, actually, yeah. yeah
1: so we bought this massive map <laughs>
0: like, comically big like, like <laughs> <laughs> upside down right oh
1: where the fuck we are <laughs> yeah, I mean it turned out that we were literally like five minutes from it in the end yeah, hotel, yeah. Like, we'd walked everywhere. it yeah, yeah.
0: but we'd missed all the, the highlights of Dan we missed all the red light district. we missed Everywhere that you should walk, we went the opposite way and down all the back streets and the grim parts of it. Yeah, because like.
1: we went down towards Vondel Park area because yeah. that's where the hotel was. But do you remember that fucking hostel? Oh, mate, when we got there, and then the price they quoted us was wrong. Yeah. And like, luckily, yeah. I, I had plenty of fucking money with me, yeah. Yeah. and you guys were all <laughs>
0: Everyone was skin, yeah, and I was like, like, oh shit, what are we going to do? We're in I, Amsterdam. I don't like,
1: and then we're like, can you smoke in the rooms? No, you yeah. can smoke cigs but you can't smoke weed the lad who bought this hostel for us was like oh it's the first one that was set up by the hippies it'll be sad yeah. oh yeah, I mean, yeah. what we can't smoke weed. can't smoke fucking weed in it was is. a
0: weird place wasn't it it was like a sh- student squat I suppose I wondering like. all
1: them fucking kids from that school running around yeah like buying Heineken's from the vending machines it getting <laughs> wanked.
0: but I remember we, we finally found it dumped our bags in and I remember we went to was it Rookies we went to and we yeah, sat outside.
1: Was. Yeah, it was rookies. Yeah, because I went and got that fucking banging shawarma kebab from down there. <laughs> yeah, he <you> did. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like fifteen years ago, and you still remember the kebab. Like, do you know what?
1: <laughs> not, not a meat eater anymore, but. It was a fucking good, It was a proper shawarma, kebab it was, it was peng. You know I can I mean? see
0: the twinkle in your eyes. I know it was the no, lie. Oh no.
1: But the thing is, though, if food's that good, you remember it for that long. You know it's good. <laughs> but yeah, because we went to Rookies, didn't we? And then I just started like because like none of you guys really knew me. Tony knew me. Yeah. Tony knew me really well, but no one else did in that group. And then they just started winding you up because in the like go back, go back, rewind. In the hostel, there was six beds. There was five of us. So there was one other person in this hostel when we got there, and this person yeah. looked like looked like they were Native American and they were fast asleep in the bed. And I turned round to you, didn't I? When we were sat there in Rookie's like half baked and I was like, What are you gonna do if you get a back of Polka Honestly, and poke it on? This got all your fucking clothes on? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> like poke it on actually you see what I mean? Like I didn't know this person's name by the way, this is just like <laughs> you know, This is your nickname. Yeah,
0: it was funny. I remember waking up the next morning and smoking in there, like lighting up a cig. Which I don't, I don't even know why I did. It was just a different. Type. Everyone smoked everywhere then. It was before, probably pre-smoking ban, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Cause, yeah, because you, you could smoke anywhere. You could anywhere. smoke cigs in the coffee shops as well. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I remember just lighting a cig and you're like,
1: who is smoking? And it
0: was just this weird no, voice was, no, coming no, that was from, from the, the thing. <laughs> Oh, was yeah, it, that was yeah, the yeah. second person that was the second in. Night. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm yeah, because remember
1: one, one of the things that we enjoyed while we were there was the fact that we could sit in a restaurant and a yeah. cig after we'd eaten. Yeah, and we're just like yeah, just chill is, out yeah, and relax, yeah, okay. like. But yeah, the second night was yeah I couldn't get to sleep that was when we'd been to see bandits wasn't it was that the third night anyway it was the night that we'd been to see bandits Yeah, Saturday night it's obviously the hostels in Amsterdam mm-hmm. are going to deal with the people who've missed the last trains zone this yeah. person obviously did comes in at about four o'clock in the morning wakes me up climbs on the fucking bunk on top of me and when we get up in the morning I wake up and there's literally this manky foot manky foot hanging over the side <laughs> of the fucking top bunk <laughs> with these enormous corns on them oh. now these corns were fucking winking at me literally they were like morning mate <laughs> I mean you light up and say who is smoking no 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 no, don't you come in here at fucking 4 o'clock in the morning wake me up and then complain about someone fucking smoking like shut up
0: oh god why did we do that I would never do that again though I would never get in a shared room with a shared bathroom and all different people just you know just coming in at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning and just climbing up on top of you and going to sleep it's
1: well wasn't the original plan that there was going to be six of us but someone bailed on us mm-hmm. I can't remember who it was but someone bailed that's why we had the six. Oh, that's days, days, yeah. but yeah that's what, yeah but that was that yeah that was I walked in there to be honest with you and I was a bit like I've got enough money in my wallet here to go and get a decent hotel for the <laughs> next three nights <laughs> see you guys later yeah yeah we meet us <laughs> in the morning Oh, but, but the mad is... thing about that trip was as well as like obviously I was used to getting up early because I had baby uh, like Travis was still a baby at the time yeah and work and stuff like on the other and I'd be getting up at like seven o'clock like go on guys get up and I'll you, you know, like, no. oh, what are you doing? like oh I mate mean, that's been like a
0: common theme throughout our friendship has been uh, has been you all your children waking me up in horrific fashion I remember um, when I went I got all my chest tattooed off you and waking up with like you laughing your head off and Travis just slapping my chest and just this searing, burning plane and him just running off laughing. And I thought, oh, no. Well, that's been uh, him jumping on the airbeds, waking me up, no, no, <laughs> really the other no, side no, no. of the room. But, yeah, a common theme of our friendship is me trying to sleep and you being like, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We're getting up now. Right,
1: come on. <laughs> Do you know what? I've always been up early. Always I, I Always been up early. So, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah.
0: But I think it was in rookies when we kind of came to the realisation was like, I know you how do I know you like and it was a weird uh, what is it and then it just pops like shit you're that guy that saved me from getting mugged what the fuck
1: by the Somalians
0: oh I reconnected with you in Amsterdam like
1: was a small place but going back to that your birthday the other year when I painted you that birthday card yeah and I showed it to my mum when she was and she's like oh Ashley Pitface. face do oh, you know that's Ashley Pitface? face oh you know that's where your granddad used to work say again yeah it's where your granddad used to work so it's like I said to so her it was like somewhere along the way no matter what our path took we were supposed to meet each other at some point along this journey yeah yeah. You know I mean without a doubt if it hadn't been on the pit face yeah it was in Amsterdam it shows you how small
0: of a world it is and I yeah, think yeah. especially when you kind of get like into music and things like that it's um it's mad how many connections are made and i think through probably just you know five what six degrees of separation you could get connected to pretty much everyone especially in local manchester punk scene oh, manchester God, Otter, yeah, yeah. music scene and stuff like that well
1: that used to be the case anyway i don't know so much now because it doesn't seem to be that much of a scene in manchester
0: i agree it seems to have just disappeared a lot i think as venues have just kind of left and gone like Rehearsal studios, yeah, recording studios,
1: like no, yeah. going back from when you used to be in a red house all the time, like. But at the same time, you got to remember everyone can do everything in the bedroom now. You don't yeah. need to learn how to engineer anything. Yeah. You just stick it in the program, can't you? But
0: you know, I was like talking that. about this last night of like, it's all well and good writing music, but like the act, the act of being in a band, of, yeah, yeah, of yeah, being yeah. in a room of like a drummer, a bass player, a guitar player, that, that collaboration. He's lost a lot now. Mate,
1: I said exactly the same thing this morning when I was to- when I was talking to my client before I came here. I said I was like music now. I said I don't think it's going to be the same as it is. I said I think you're just going to get people in the bedrooms, zooming with each other, and creating yeah. tracks that way. I said you're not going to have this cohesive unit of four or five people being in the being in a room together, like you yeah. say, building the structure of songs. Mm-hmm. And starting the formations of a following, building it up through the smaller venues, like you say, it's not yeah. local base, start to branch out into other cities.
0: Yeah, that's the way that it's built. You just get big overnight, you get played on mm. Radio 1, you get big overnight, and that's, like, that's how you break now. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, bands go from like playing Gorilla to the Albert Hall, and the, the venue capacity is <laughs> yeah, insane. Yeah, like, yeah. I've seen Father John Misty do that seen Portugal, the man, do that, you know, to mm. them times, but kind of venues, and it, it's crazy.
1: I've seen bands, like, making bigger jumps than that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, when you see a band that plays, like, Gorilla or Academy, Op Th- and Grape, mm. Academy 3, to so younger people. It's always um, the Op and Grape, innit? It's always the Op and Grape. NBA's <laughs> in Academy. Um, like, they've gone, like, Op and Grape, and then gone straight into the Apollo. Yeah. And you're like, where's that come from? Yeah. I mean, Murder Capital were a prime example last year. They played the small room at Yes, mm-hmm. and then the next tour they sold out the Academy. That's a good room, that yeah. Academy one, yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. When girl. we
0: watched Crows, <gasps> that mate. was amazing.
1: That was that was a defining moment.
0: <laughs> they remind me of like a really pent up Oasis at parts, like some of the guitar hooks and some of his melodies. Yeah, are yeah, Very yeah. like early Oasis, but just kind of. New wavy kinda how I don't know, I can't explain it, it's just heavy. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. But
0: can you remember like when you were younger, kind of first getting into music, what kind of what was your
1: first gig? Do you know what I was talking about stuff like this with my mum? The other day, getting into music, first gig. See, first gig could be misconstrued because we used to get people coming to the school who played instruments. Yes,
0: uh, like religious groups.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Not so much religious groups, no. We had like traveling musical theatres and stuff, Did like that. almost like troubadour bands. I coming remember the a school. band come
0: and played at our, my high school and they were good. And it was like, oh, that's really good. And then I remember they started preaching straight after it. And it was just, oh, that's... Boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what had you ruined it with God? Like, <laughs> just some real, like... But well, they were a good pop punk band, and then it was just, like, yeah, proper yeah. Reliant Care, like, you know? <laughs> But get, sorry, get, mate, what, Getting a bit under but... <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> What we, was you kind of saying then? Where yeah, going on?
1: back to, like, first gig. Do you know what? It kind of ties in with what we were talking about on the first episode when we were talking about, like, ACDC being a show band and stuff like that. Yeah. ACDC. You know what I mean, and then we go for, but it's it's one of them, like it's blurred now because of that many gigs over the years. you yeah. sort of like, All oh, right, when was the first time I saw this band? When, yeah, you know what I mean, and stuff like that. And it's like festivals, like festival lineups become blurred over the years because you've been to that many and you're a bit like, Was this this year? Was this year? What year was yeah. this? and stuff like that. I think when, especially
0: when you throw in playing gigs as well, that kind of just merks yeah, yeah. it even more, like because you're in that, that environment. No, what, what was the kind of like first time that you know when you started getting into music it was like your uh, like big time, not just oh I like that
1: song on the radio. Can you remember that? See, didn't really have radio in our house, and I know that sounds bad, but it wasn't detrimental. There was always music around. Yeah, and I was this is what I was saying to my mum the other like the other day. When I grew up, it was soul, and disco, yeah, and jazz. Yeah, you know what I mean. With my mum, it was soul and disco. And with my grandma, it was jazz, mm-hmm. Duke Ellington, Louis Armstrong, Thelonious Monk. And I still listen to these things, you know what I mean? Like, that is a brilliant start. But yeah. for me, it was anyway. Yeah. And this ties into some of the stuff that we're going to come on to when we're talking about music in a second. Um, that stays with you, though. Yeah, I think yeah. that core, oh, yeah, yeah, what you get,
0: it, it shapes it. Yeah, Because yeah. for me, it was... I remember my mum always playing the Dirty Dancing soundtrack, like, right... Which is probably the greatest soundtrack of all time, in my opinion. The, like the Renettes, you know, Mickey yeah, and yeah. Sylvia, all just, it's just hooks. Yeah. yeah. Them hooks. And I remember my dad playing Joy Division and um, the Buzzcocks and like a lot of kind of post kind of punk. Iggy Pop the Passenger, like right. and the Clash, things like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's just kind of been like the complete melting pot of that is kind of pop punk and, uh, <laughs> and sugary yeah. kind of melodies yeah, so and every, stuff. Like.
1: Everything I grew up on was like, black based music you know what I mean mm-hmm. it was music from black culture which essentially is what all music comes from anyway yeah. it all comes from Africa mm-hmm. all the rhythms everything else like that that have gone through blues metal soul punk everything every little start of music it all comes from black music yeah essentially mm-hmm. um and what else, when I started to get into, I was, this is what I was saying to me only the other day, I was like, I remember the first seven inch that I bought yeah. with my own money. Yeah. And it was crisscross. No way. Crisscross will make you jump, yeah. <laughs> that was that was what my, the first seven inch was. And that was like everything that I used to listen to when I was really, really younger, before the influence of seeing Iron Maiden posters and yeah. stuff like that. was it's the visuals capture you, don't they? It was, was like hip hop. And it was my cousin David, like he was in, he was a thrash kid. You know what I mean. And he was like, i see David." So I go in his room, and he'd be like, "I am made an anthrax." You know what I mean? And yeah. I was like, "This is cool.
0: <laughs> it looks cool, though." Well, like I say
1: it's comic book based, isn't it? Yeah. So, Like reading comic books as a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was it. And then I had to discover, like you say, like post punk and all that. I had to discover that myself or find it through influences you know when people yeah this is, this is another thing that's lost nowadays and we we spoke about this in yeah. depth, time and time I again know what you're gonna his, say. his albums yeah. album covers and I was saying this to someone the other day like me and you used to know what instruments were used, yeah who recorded it, you know what I mean? Who they were sponsored off. Yeah. Where it was engineered at. Yeah. And you know, oh it's sad. Everything but, and yeah, like with yeah.
0: thanks to I used to read the with thanks to Philip bands that I'd love. For an album that i loved mm. and then find all the bands and the people that they thanked and then we'll go and get into that for yeah. that i remember getting when you bought an album and you got the um the little pamphlet inside for like whatever label it was this is all different stuff that we released so you're going back to like, like nitro
1: it. and relapse and stuff there aren't you like yeah. back in the day with i love like that, that yeah like, but that. i got
0: into it because i was like hungry to find like what is the next band yeah yeah. what is the next label what you know who's doing what like and i I remember my cd collection at the time like was insane like because this was like no one was really pressing vinyl then at that time
1: yeah no Um, one was downloading
0: no one was downloading It was dead hard to get stuff over here i remember there's a few shots like picking the records it was really good, but not really... I mean, it does have, like, a lot of punk and heavier stuff now, but at the time, mm. you weren't known for it. No, no. But I remember there was one further up on um, past, like, Forbidden Planet around near, near Oiden, oh, now and now, and there was a little, like, a hardcore shop for a time that sold records in there, like, hardcore
1: and metal, but it was only open for a couple of years. Yeah, that was at uh, Roll Kill Records.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Do you know who was who robbed that? No, it no. was uh, Ed from Beecher Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. He, Mate, he ran it. Yeah, that, yeah,
0: I love that place. Yeah, because
1: you will get like some Everything. of the strangest, obscurest fucking hardcore yeah. that you'd never seen before.
0: It was the one place I remember going in and just buying shit and just being like, "Ah, oh, it doesn't matter what it is, because I'll enjoy it." Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Like, yeah and right. I
0: remember getting a twenty-six plus home that took about three hours, and it went absolutely everywhere. Just a tour of the north, around every single council estate. <laughs> Um, and I remember just like listening to a CD, the joy of opening a CD, putting it on, you know, getting your yeah, duo yeah. shock on, so it didn't like, you know, if the bus moved or whatever, it didn't start skipping. and yeah, yeah, just yeah. Playing the same thing over, and if you didn't get it, listening to it again and trying to understand it. See, like,
1: this this is exactly what so I was. I can't remember who it was I was listening to. So I was listening to a podcast with someone. They were talking about like music, and when you're younger and like you say it goes back to the visuals or what you know or you've read this Yeah. even if you know one song from that band you'll go and buy that album based off that one song Yeah. yeah. you'll listen to it through and you're like mm, I don't know and you go back to that one song but because you've paid that money yeah. in the end you will listen to that album enough that eventually you will love all of them songs on yeah. it it's just one of them things that's happened Yeah. you get into happened.
0: every single part of yeah, it yeah. you know, that's and so. like that. All the tours and the support bands, I used to get so many bands that way. Because yeah, Because they'd yeah. have, like, three supports and a local band on as well. And you'd get into the local band because you'd see them play around little venues. Yeah, yeah. What were the small venues when you were getting into kind of music?
1: Roadhouse. Mm-hmm. Night and day. Yeah. Um. The Alma in Bolton.
0: The Alma, yeah. I played the Alma. Um. That was a really loud venue for the size of it.
1: Rios <laughs> Re- in Bradford. Yeah. Was another one. That was mainly like, so many me band, like metal bands and punk bands went there, crossover bands and stuff like that.
0: It was up and, de- uh, and Grape like, in its air day, then I approaching
1: break. it. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what though? The uni always had sick gigs on. Yeah. Always had sick gigs had, on. There were a time when the boom weren't there.
0: Joshua Brooks, yeah.
1: That's long God. gone, isn't
0: it? They were, I remember like from about 2002 for me to about 2008... The Academies, Academy 1, 2, Hop and Grape, was yeah, just yeah. every single week, two, three times a week. I'd be going yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Like,
1: yeah, yeah. I remember doing that, like, four or five nights a week, going yeah. to see gigs and stuff like that, and bouncing between the venues because there'd be that many different bands on. But was music better then?
0: Probably not, but, you know, like, my first bands, I mean, I'm, to be honest with you, every band I've been has been awful, right? <laughs> When I look back, but, like... There was a sense of community where it didn't really kind of matter how good your band were the fact that you were getting up and playing. People kind of respected that yeah, and yeah, just yeah. like you just, you know, there were so many times I go and watch bands play and they were awful bands looking back. But you just go for a laugh and and there was that a good community I think. You yeah, know. Yeah. There were around, loads around. of different little venues around mm. like so like you said before. Sound Control was a venue like yeah. It's, um, yeah yeah. These are the days that I'm talking about.
1: And what else? Crack. Crack gallery, crack used gallery. To be, yeah that's it that's, that's the only things that they're the only venues that I can think of off the top of my head yeah same time time warps yeah it's when changed.
0: You're older.
1: yeah
0: do you remember what what the first venue you played in and what what your first band was
1: oh my god school bands yeah drums yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it would have been school bands it was a battle while well, he was a we was a thing for a battle of the bands, and all of a sudden there was no other band in school apart from this one band that yeah. was made up of like these kids who just did Oasis and Beatles covers. <laughs> and um, like literally me, this guy who could play guitar who was fucking brilliant. Yeah, he was one of these guys who could literally listen to something once and then he just he always start playing along to it. You yeah. know what I mean? He's just like I can I can strum everything. I know what everything sounds like. <laughs> he was amazing, absolutely amazing. Yeah, so he was me. Um. And then a guy who basically learned to play these two songs on bass in two practices. Oh, man. Yeah, and we went into this. We didn't fucking win, you no. know what I mean? But we didn't care. It was the point of this, you know, doing this, that, and yeah. the other. And yeah, he was all right. But yeah, it would have been a school bands, played the roadhouse a couple of times.
0: I never played it,
1: man. We like, oh, Bear Keller. Bear, Bear Keller. Keller. Wasn't it? The old yeah. Bear Keller. Not the new one in the print works. No, shit. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Berserker played. I saw Berserker in Bear Keller. That was, that was a terrifying experience. <laughs> so fucking full assault of the senses. <laughs> Where else? Oh, Little Room in Nottingham Rock City as well. That was yeah. another one. Yeah, yeah. So
0: It's mad seeing how much... Like, because it's been... Probably about eight months since I've been in town from last year up until last Saturday when I come in and saw you, mm-hmm. and I can't believe how much it's changed. And when you think back to them days of, like, back in the early 2000s, it was completely different. Yeah, man. It felt yeah. like every single night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there'd be a gig on. There'd be something going on oh, yeah, yeah, in right every now. venue. Yeah, yeah. There'd be people queuing up outside everywhere, just such a hub, like, yeah, and it's yeah. just... It seems to have, uh, have disappeared a little bit, like. I know there are some bands about and doing doing good things, but it's you know, and I think some bands have kind of transversed like that, local bands so, or you know like Slow Readers Club. They started yeah, yeah. off and they've done it themselves, and now they they're killing it and then like absolutely smashing it, and I think that's amazing, like that they've kind of just now we're doing it on our terms, and they have just slowly built up it, and you wouldn't really recognise them as a local band, I don't think,
1: because you
0: do kind of see them as the
1: that's it yeah there's, there's a few bands like that from Manchester at the moment you know like when you're like oh here it is and you go and do a Google on and you're like oh, no, okay but yeah. again no scene no posters you know what I mean you see gig posters going up everywhere, everywhere all the time yeah. but you've got to remember as well when we were growing up Everywhere was boarded up. Everything was fucking desolate. Yeah, it wasn't all this gentrified like apartments that they're doing now all over everywhere. Yeah, and little squares where people can go and sit in the communities together and <laughs> stuff like <laughs> that. Yeah, I mean, yeah,
0: like, I mean, going to the Star and back in the day was a traumatic experience, mate. I like, went
1: through Piccadilly and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: I played my first gig there. Forgot yeah.
1: about Star and I don't know why I forgot about Star and but yeah,
0: that was the first actual gig that I played outside of like high school or whatever. Was right. at the Star and Garter, and I was sixteen and I was in a three-piece pop-punk band, and it was absolutely awful. The drummer couldn't do fills, right? So it was just, uh, (laughs) but he also couldn't do double kick at that part. So it was just dum-da, dum-da, the whole way through every song, right? So cringeworthy. And I remember just being, got to the star and guy at like four o'clock, you know, like so stupid and like, you know, dead early, just waiting about. And there were just loads of prostitutes hanging around. And I was like, "Oh God, God, what am I doing here?" <laughs> and it was awful. It was a terrifying gig. I didn't look up once. I just kept my head down. It was like Ooh, the thing is, all man,
1: the Star and Gardens is an intimidating venue. Yeah, because the history is in the walls. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, like you know what bands have played there, and you know what shows have gone down there. And yeah, you, you know what I mean. You sort of you've got that sense of like, shit, I ain't gonna be this good. No, it's it's just made for carnage in it. That yeah, yeah, yeah. It really yeah. is. Yeah. I missed, ag- I missed Agnostic Front last time they played there I wish you were seeing that God, five of the ticket there's nowhere to hide though oh no you know oh, no. if you're
0: in that crowd you know there's nowhere That's to it. hide it's about back you're getting your head run on yeah what crazy <laughs> oh man I missed that I mean i seen that band Incisions from Manchester I was quite impressed with them the punk band that are just kind of oh yeah yeah fast yeah. abrasive punk and I think that you know they probably deserve a shout out because they just you know fuck it we're doing what we're doing and like I've had a few mates who've like seeing them i can't remember who they were supporting and they were like really you know just like luke if you're not into x y and z then fuck off like if you're like you know homophobic racist whatever then see you later get the fuck out of here and i just i admire that in a band that just keep doing what they're doing and it
1: well that was where it all started ages ago wasn't it you know what i mean like circle jerks and fucking descendants and like all all that you know, California punk scene, all that American punk scene, yeah. You know what I mean, they were all the same, like, no homophobia, no racism, mm. get the fuck out, no sexism. Do
0: you not know think like because like the first I remember getting into music and it was like after you get into what your parents are into, you you know, most people, my age, Nirvana, stuff like that, you get into kinda of punk that way.
1: Yeah, yeah. But
0: then at the time Blink exploded, like with Enemy of the State, and that's when I got into punk and through then. I got into Descendants, Propaganda, right, Fat right. Records, Epitaph, and started digging my
1: way in. See, I yeah, I was already into that because like, the vandals, like back yeah. in the day, you know what I mean, like back in the day and stuff like that. People do need to remember that there is a bit of few years between us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no. But that, that's when I got And I remember, I remember being in primary school and everyone was like getting into Blink and then over here it massively influenced everyone. Remember what everyone used to dress like? Oh, no, God. Yeah. Shorts. So like, Manchester was like a little west coast for like a few years yeah. like it was a summer where everything was just like you know summer was like six months long yeah, it was just yeah. scorching hot everyone was dressed in dickies like mm. I had Tom the long hair and like I could like sweatbands pulled up and well, do you know things the funny, like that the
1: funny thing was I went up to a gig on the green with my ex once and we bumped into one of her mates in Edinburgh while we were having a mooch around there and he, he asked if I was American because of how I were dressed
0: yeah <laughs> But that had a massive effect on music, though, I think, for, uh, you know, how many Blink-182 rip-off bands did you see? How many have you been in? Like, you know, same. Like, there's so many bands that have, like, you try to do that and it just kind of, maybe that killed the music scene, the horrible black metal like hardcore scene where everyone just kind of flip-flop from what subculture, what sub-branch of punk for like you know every summer
1: yeah well, it was like when Deathcore come out wasn't it yeah. everyone was like oh Deathcore Deathcore have you heard it yeah it's black metal for kids who don't want to wear corpse paint and <laughs> fucking studs
0: yeah That's all but it's weird. like everyone had the fringes and it was the skinny jeans and then the camo shorts and the, and the stigmas yeah and then the Air Maxes and it, it's kind of moved and it, like it if you're into that that's cool I get that if you dress like that and that is who you are absolutely happy days but it's just you saw so many people just try to find the next thing because bands there was still money in the music industry yeah, were yeah. making it so you saw bands be like right they turn up one week and they'd be all jumping around with their asses hanging out in dicky shorts and the next week they'd have ultra skinny jeans on and then just like Obnoxious death metal T-shirts. Yeah, like. see,
1: this is it. Yeah, I'd like, I, I don't care about what you try to perceive or how you try to sell yourself. Just be fucking true to yourself. Exactly. Just be true to yourself, and exactly. people appreciate it more.
0: It was the guys that used to wear long sleeves and had their hands tattooed and the neck tattooed and normal tattoos. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. you were like, "Okay, like." <laughs> <How you doing? laughs> We kind of ended the last first part talking about music, uh, what we thought we'd do is kind of go through three albums that kind of had a big impression on us I'd say, kind of shaping not just like who we are but our kind of musical identities as well I think and, and what we kind of gone into so I don't know if you, if you want to start with this mate.
1: Okay yeah I'll go first. Yeah. Um I'm gonna say the first one on mine is definitely one of its time for someone of my generation and anyone who's like late 30s onwards will know this and I'm gonna stick it right out there best album of the 90s best debut album of all time definitely maybe. yeah Oasis yeah came out of nowhere you know what I mean doing nothing like anyone else at the time and what I love about it is just people are gonna hate me for saying this but I don't care it's got a punk edge to it yeah it's raw it does it's really raw it really does that was the beauty of it all the other bands were being a bit, like, wet yeah. at the time. All the other bands were, like, from down south anyway. Um, but it was everything... very drab
0: music then at that time, wasn't it, before that?
1: Yeah, and everyone just, like, stuck to the Manchester or the Manchester sound, didn't they? Yeah. You know what I mean, everyone just sounded the same as the Roses and the Mondays and everything, the KLF yeah. and all them other bands that came out. Or oh, really ballady. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That, that was, like, ballad pop. Yeah, yeah. It was not yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it? Yeah, true. So, yeah, definitely maybe. And I don't know... Other people might argue the point that What's the Story is probably better. Nah, I don't think it is. Um, and a few points on it is like I don't know Tony Carroll gets so much flack for like being a crap drummer. Yeah. But he's a comp- he's a rock drummer. Yeah. Whereas Whitey wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean Whitey when he came in and did What's the Story, you can hear the difference in the drumming straight away. It's not got that straight up like rock rock beat to it. Yeah. Um still work for him, but yeah, definitely maybe without a doubt one of mine yeah massively influential on me yeah um, i agree i i remember getting
0: what's the story went out for christmas when i was very young and i remember we had definitely maybe and i never listened to it because we didn't it didn't have a um the the sleeve on it on the on the cd for some reason it was just right. a, just the cd and then like so I, I remember loving what's the story and then got into definitely maybe after that like yeah, and yeah, was yeah. like wow 'Cause the recording of it, it's like the guitars are load. Everything's yeah, yeah. load, isn't it? Oh, like it's yeah. massive. Like. Well, it's
1: like when they played live as well, like they were louder than everyone else. Yeah. All the time, they were louder than everyone else. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my there's my first shout out.
0: Good. I think mine is um I'm gonna say Jeff Buckley's Grace is is probably just an album that I think is a piece as a whole is is flawless. Um I think there's something in the album other than just the music, and I don't know whether it's because he's died and you kind of put all that into it, and yeah, that's the yeah, only thing yeah. he's put. But there is like, a, I think a mysticism in the, in somewhere. Um, the recording, the production, even down to like how detailed he was with the album coverage, selecting the photograph and which should represent him. Right, right. I, uh, you know, he's kind of said that it, it should look like he's listening to music like when he's like on the album cover mm-hmm. and yeah I kind of, I'm drawn to it in some way, I think he's a really underrated guitar player and people only kind of know him for his vocal skills a lot but I think his actual guitar playing is incredible, I think his band are also really underrated, for the time it come out, you know in, in that period when a lot of music was kind of just radio fodder and just kind of yeah, yeah. crap he, he kind of really cut through and you see kinda what he would have done in his second album is kinda been released posthumously with that like, sketches from my sweetheart The Drunken. It's a shame that he never got to kinda go further with that, just one album and that and he's obviously done some live albums and live at China is fantastic. Great memories of, you know, being out of my mind and, and listening to that and and just being like, Wow, I wish I was uh Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a definite pick for me anyway. Is is one of the you know, it's obviously I would have chose three hundred albums. I think. Oh, well, mate, yeah, yeah, um. yeah.
1: This was this was tough. This was just three like three that's three that you like. Right, okay, I can stick that on, and I know it'll take me to the place where I need to be. Yeah, 100%. but like I'm gonna hold my hands up here and be like, I only know like two Jeff Buckley songs. Yeah, don't know it. Never appealed to me. Yeah. never ever just it never twigged. It never twigged. But again. This is one of the things that we say about us, like our musical spectrum between us is just so broad anyway that we just we don't yeah. like it anyway.
0: So. There's a massive convergence in the middle, but on either side of it, yeah, there's, yeah. there's some, some wacky stuff on both parts yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt.
0: What about, um, what about a second pick for you then, man?
1: Uh, Marvin Gaye, what's going on? Yeah. 50 years it is. Wow. Like, I had Radio 6 on the other day and they were talking about it and I had no idea it was 50 years and I was like, this is crazy, this. yeah. You know what I mean? 50 years on and nothing's changed. No. You listen to like the lyrical content of it. I was talking to my mum about it the other day because it was through her that I pretty much got into it. Um, and I was just like, mum, nothing's changed. Yeah. Yeah, you know I mean? You look at America, and it's still the same old shit.
0: Yeah, it N- is.
1: Nothing at all has changed apart from Marvin's not with us. Yeah. Profound because I used to listen to it a lot. It was always on in the house when I was younger and Marvin tracks were again going back to the soul that mum used to listen to but yeah he, he does it just breaks your heart when you listen to it and you're just like this album was recorded 50 years ago at a height of you know the racial tensions in America Martin Luther King etc etc as we all know about 50 years later yeah not not setting. not a single step forward for anyone unfortunately Yeah, it's just Why? around
0: a year in it. it yeah, yeah. George Floyd and, and all that yeah, yeah. and it's
1: yeah, it's it's yeah. just like why has it not changed? Why why has that album, especially like that album, should have changed, changed the world? No. But hey ho, you know yeah. you know the the big men in power will do what they want.
0: <laughs> cool, Marvin Gaye. The um, the second album is is one that I thought Chris is gonna definitely choose this. So like <laughs> there is definite cross crossovers with that. But it's um it's Gil Scott Heron and New Year. Um, I just don't know what you can really say about the album. I think well, it's a complete portrait of human life and all the ups and downs that come with it.
1: Well, it's that comeback album that none of us expected. Yeah, because he was written off at that point, Gil Scott Heron. You know what I mean? He'd done his jail time. Everyone knew he was HIV positive. We didn't know how ill he was. Yeah, he just came out of left field. Luckily, I can't remember his name at XL Recordings. Got in touch with him. And, yeah, Richard you know I mean? Russell was I it? I think so. Yeah, you know what I mean. And thankfully, that came about because I don't think there would have been one last shot for him. No, I don't.
0: I don't. And it's—I mean—he did a similar thing with like Bobby Walmart, didn't he? Damon Albarn when yeah, he did yeah. the. Um, his, his, his was I think his fine style was the bravest man in the world. I no? so, yeah, yeah. I can't remember, but I think like with Gilly, it, it there's just something about it. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same as Grace. It's the same as as all as you know, Marvin Gaye. All of these bands. There's just something else extra within that that makes you feel that certain way.
1: That's well, it. I think as well, like they're reimagining a Robert Johnson classic. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's just.
0: But it makes covers his own, and that's why I think you know Jeff did that with Jeff, like my fucking first name on. So, Jeff Buckley did that with. Uh, with Hallelujah, you know, where he just took a song, Leonard Cohen, brilliant song, and then kinda of made it his own and, and I think that Gil Skywin did that oh yeah all the way through haven't you yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah, without a doubt like even the little interludes like the poetry bits when he's talking to people in the studio everything connects and flows with the next track and that's I don't know if it was intentional it probably was you know what what I mean we're talking about the mind of a genius here
0: it feels like the whole album tells a story of of life and death and the ups and downs and the tragedies and the things he's learned and like throughout there's some very dark songs on the album but then there's some humour and there's actual clips of him laughing and joking around and you know I love that kind of stuff even in the the darkest songs like there's there's little lines and little one-offs that you know kind of bring such fun and I think that he kind of really encapsulates life because that's what it is. It's ups and downs and it's like, you know, things going along and it's not all, you know, people have redemption stories and I think he's a massive redemption story. Like he oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: made loads of um, mistakes or choices that didn't go his way and he, he kind of turned that around and, you know, recognised that and now I, I think that he's, he's, for me, and I know you'll agree with me, one of the most underrated artists ever.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without People I don't
0: speak about him enough.
1: And he's like I mean he's had a few like a couple of posthumous awards, but you know what I mean? He's never he's never that saved it. No. That was you know what I mean it was it wasn't fair on him.
0: In a different life he would have been a a cri- and a really critically acclaimed author from mm. a young age. When you look at the books that he wrote, The Vulture and The End Factory, like they were amazing for his age when he wrote them at the time, and you think this guy is like from seventeen, eighteen, completely changed the game. But like,
1: yeah, that's it. He went, he went to university to do literature, didn't he?
0: But then that only came out with i um, New Here and like this kind of resurgence. And you think it's such a shame because in an alternate world, he would be that guy that every single person knows is the one that like inspired it because he inspired so many people you see it like you know the greats who inspired other people Mm -hmm. it's just a shame that the people that he's not directly inspired don't give him that that credit and then props
1: that's it it's 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 so crazy though because like the you know the revolution will not be televised he's such a massive song yeah people know it they ain't got a clue who it's by no
0: they know the phrase they wear it on t-shirts they don't know you know Again, another song is just hilarious. Like, there's so many Whitey on the Moon. are just...
1: Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. so
0: funny, but they're so... They're funny with this real dark undercurrent in them. Like, listen to what I'm fucking saying, because, yeah, yeah, you know... And um, I like that about him. I like the arrogance, and I like... When he was younger, you could feel, like, the presence when you watch live performances of him.
1: Oh, yeah, and yeah. And yeah. he
0: has something where he's very kind of intense, but, you know, as he got older, he it feels like he just... Really accepted life and what was coming, and he kind of left on his own terms, on a high, and recognising everything he's gone through and celebrating it. And I think that album is like the culmination of that.
1: Yeah, and I, I think, really think that do. that tour was like that as well, because to see him on stage during that tour. Well, that's it was, another
0: story. We managed to together, were not we? In, yeah, yeah. In the, Edinburgh, and then the ash cloud happened—volcanic ash cloud. In yeah. Twenty twelve. I
1: think
0: it? so.
1: Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was. Um, yeah, to see him on stage, he wasn't out of his depth. No. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes, because it was just a strip back show. It mm-hmm. was him, a piano, and, like, I think a percussionist. I um, remember Chen to because we
0: were like, what, what's, what's this going to be? Yeah. Like, what is he going to do? Is he going to come out and he's going to have, like, a DJ or, like, a, live band doing an electronic kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. or is it going to be...
1: What I got from it... Was that he, it was almost like he was doing his own eulogy. Mm-hmm. He was doing stories of his life. Yeah. And what had brought, you know, these songs to fruition, why they came, why they're still in the set list and this, that and the other. But the, the stories in between tied everything together. And you were like, okay, do you know this is your last tour? Yeah.
0: Or It felt like that, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. It yeah, felt yeah. like that. I feel like he... Uh... Like I say, he did what he wanted to do, didn't he, for uh, his life and he made choices whether for right or wrong or, or good or bad. But I think that album, for, for both of us, even down to the the packaging, the vinyl packaging, the, the sit down, turn a light off, light a of candle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, li-
1: listen to listen to a record how it should be listened yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without a doubt. But Without for a me,
0: doubt. yeah, it's, it's a flawless album and it's not so much, you know, the the... And the bells and whistles and all that—it it just it encapsulates something a little bit extra, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. As polished as the production is on it, the vocals are raw. Yeah. But I think that's the years of abuse that he's also put his, you know, his voice through with what he's been smoking and stuff like that. So. Yeah.
0: It adds to it though, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it yeah, does.
1: Yeah, it yeah.
0: does. And then the third album is—I mean, this was on both of our lists. I think probably number one especially when we kind of think about each other you know as a a relationship and i know every time i listen to this album i have kind of of bittersweet memories of good times and also painful memories of getting tattooed over and over (laughs) Um, but yeah it's rx bandits the resignation
1: and could it be any other album by him? I don't know yeah. actually yeah it could be let's not lie about that and it the battle will be going yeah, in, uh, yeah. Gemini
0: but um, no yeah. this 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 album I think it's weird because we like I said we both got into this album separately yeah which yeah, is yeah. I think that a lot of Rx Bandits fans kind of you know they're all groups of friends who kind of passed this gift on whereas kind of finding you know I remember at one point there was just random groups of people in Manchester who were all like Rx Bandits and kind of like you know really into the band yeah you know, the fact that, I, like, I got into it on my side, you got into it on your side, and then we met each other and I threw it, them at a gig, like...
1: It was mad as well, though, wasn't it, with Bandits? Because it was, like, the way that you either introduced them, you were either, you were into the scar scene, or... Do you remember at the time when people used to love labels? Yeah. You just, like, you go and lap up everything, like, everyone was drive through fans, weren't yeah. right Something corporate. They
0: were, like, the absolute devil, like, re-releasing the album yeah. and all, like, trying to just cash in on it, like, but... No, you're right, it, it, it is through those showcases, drive through record mm-hmm. showcases. It, it is through you know those tours, supporting acts, and things like that, yeah, samplers, man. and like all of that. That you know, you kind of unlocked it. But I mean, the album is unbelievable, yeah. <laughs> and one of the most underrated albums ever recorded, I think.
1: I mean, the fact as well that they recorded the final song on the album which let's be honest about this is probably one of the best songs that they ever recorded yeah, they For do us. outro so well you record that first <laughs> like alright yeah. okay so we've got to make the rest of the album weak. week yeah you know what I mean like seriously it's insane And that it was the first song that Steve Troy and Matt Ambry wrote together yeah that's insane uh, Um, okay <laughs> right, alright yeah cheers guys
0: there's just something something there with them that group of people and like you know the yeah. core of the band now every single one of them is like you know that is your dream if I was thinking, right, let's form a band and you could choose anyone, fantasy football, it's like, right, who would you get playing drums? All right, okay, let's get Chris Osagas to play yeah, drums, yeah. okay. <laughs> who would you get playing guitar? All right, you know, it's such an easy choice yeah, for every doubt. single
1: one of them. But I think as well, because they've played together for so long, especially like Matt and Chris, mm-hmm. they've played together since high school, you know what I mean? Yeah. So them, they, them two guys know each other inside out. Chris
0: Osagas is the most underrated drummer ever. It's insane that people don't sing his name because I have yeah. seen him do incredible things behind a junket yeah. on numerous occasions. Even when he does his work with technology, which is just unbelievable, all the CGAC stuff that he's doing, that through the infinite, was an absolute tune with my, my armbrace singing on it.
1: Biceratops.
0: Um, biceratops. There's just, you know, Appetite here all of these bands through through our expand it's like what we got into so much the return yeah, yeah that's a yeah. secret society two Drunken poets the last rights melee stage i could literally just
1: keep going on, that's and, on it, like... yeah, and that's just side projects and friends
0: yeah it's insane but then over here in manchester in this little house in Ashley, like i was listening to this music that all this group of friends were making and there were other people around like you and other people like our friends that, all independently got into this kind of stuff and related with it yeah, and that's yeah. you know when you think about like the power of music and, and the world and things it's it's mad in it how it's kind of shaped that and the fact that we met and become friends at an I expanded gig yeah, like yeah. where we reconnected in another country is also a very weird thing as well. On <laughs> oh, yeah. Watch yeah you, on watch watching
1: people just melt down the wall and actually disintegrating into a whole pit of hell.
0: I remember when Facing New York played and they played that song, The Messenger, and it's like this beautiful little intro, and then it just changes, and I'm like, wow, no. <laughs> I need to sit down for a little while. <laughs> I literally think I was laying like, on you. Like this <laughs> for a good twenty minutes at one
1: point, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was fun. That
0: the book fun. just pure ecstasy though unbelievable unbelievable band, a fantastic album. I the gel's artwork is unbelievable. It is beautiful. Again, such an underrated talent. I think there's a common theme. You know, there's some albums here that we spoke about that are like you know, Grace by Jeff Buckley is yeah, yeah, really acclaimed. But you know, like we I'm new here. By Gil and and R X bandits of resignation. They definitely deserve more more love mm-hmm. and more shout outs and Yeah, yeah. I Nigel's one of them artists as well, who, who does deserve more. I think. His work's fantastic you now, like it's just transcends painting for me. Yeah. It just looks like photographs that he's taken.
1: He's mad though, isn't it? Because he just don't want to suck the corporate dicks so all they want.
0: Yeah. They do, then that's the best way to live your life. Yeah, yeah. You know, just do just, it all
1: yourself. Do yeah. it all independently. Help your mates, get on my lamp. Yeah. There
0: you go. Yeah. There you go. So that's our three albums that I think have kind of shaped our well, our musical influences, our musical tastes have kind of had a a profound input on our life, I'd say. yeah, the, yeah. Uh, hmm? There's thousands of others.
1: Oh yeah, we yeah. could we could just make an old podcast out favourite albums, you know yeah. what I mean? But let's, let's not subject people to that. <laughs> and the other thing as well is like, a favourite album, like these these are like, I wouldn't say that they're like, well they are favourite albums, but at the same time they're not like Desert Island Discs. No. You know what I mean? No. It's, it's a weird thing with music, isn't it? Because it shifts and it changes and you can go in cycles of what you like and this, that and the other and you just you know you, you listen to it all in just a continual cycle eventually
0: yeah So they, they're, like, they're albums that I kind of like to think if an alien come to Earth, you could give them these albums and they would kind of snapshot some part of humanity yeah, and they would yeah. show the good and the bad of it yeah, and represent human beings in a good way yeah, yeah. in a way I think or in a bad way as well in some cases like but like you said there's thousands of them and it all depends on your mood like
1: yeah yeah and no, I mean there's, there's then these like the albums that broke you into genres mm-hmm. you know what I mean like that again you could just go on and on and on with stuff like that all yeah. the time so let's not
0: <laughs> it is infinite <laughs> Yeah, it is it, really. You start pulling it apart and you look at specific, oh, let's look at the production on this. Let's well that's
1: it. it and then you're like, oh the album that got me into this or the album that got me into that genre or the album that was a gateway to this and then through that and then you know like backpedaling through albums as yeah. well and then finding older artists and older artists and then eventually everything like we say comes back to jazz and blues. Yeah. In African rhythm.
0: Yeah, yeah, it does. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. We was talking this week about how the thong song by Sis- Cisco was based around an R- Eleanor Rigby sample.
1: I'm still not listening to it. It's just not. absolutely
0: mind blowing. Like the original sample was built around that, that that core, like the original song, was built around that core sample. And then um, yeah, like when it kind of got took over, it, he got a guy who worked on Star Wars to kind of rework it and change it. So if you listen to it now, you can you can hear the chords and things like that within it.
1: Right, right.
0: Um, but basically, there's a part when he says she's living in La Vida Loca and then Ricky Martin songwriter kind of contacted him and was like nah like, yeah. we're suing you like and ended up taking the majority of the royalties for that that no song no way um, and he had nothing to do with it they just literally used one phrase and there you go
1: fucking hell yeah, that's crazy
0: apparently he gets the lion's share of the, uh, of the publishing for no, like I bet he it. It does so uh, that's I... <laughs> crazy isn't it how that works oh mate that's bad that's but, bad uh, there's been some uh been of mad it's been a mad week hasn't it I think United losing the uh, Europa Champions League final on penalties, eleven to ten,
1: with De Gea missing. But do you know what I heard as well, during the, Like during the news, like through the week, that afterwards there was reports coming out that strikers had been giving him advice, yeah, and he hadn't listened.
0: Yeah, of by... which way to dive and things yeah, like yeah,
1: that. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? They were giving him advice on how to hit the ball as well. Mm. I mean, you know what I mean? When he was taking his penalty, and he just fucking ignored them all. Yeah. You know what <laughs>
0: I don't envy his position though, to be honest no. with you I, No, I really don't I mean as a neutral watching it um, I'm you know, not neutral Yeah, no you're not neutral at all you're not neutral at all but yeah it's been a weird it's been a weird one
1: but yeah I, did, I didn't watch it but uh, I'm not gonna lie I saw the, the score the result the next day a big shit eating on, yeah. <laughs> on the face big shit eating grin on my face
0: we'll see what happens after uh,
1: tonight mate <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very big it's game Champions League final
1: Come on City Come on What's your prediction? What's my heart saying And what's my head saying Is the two different things Yeah, It's weird I want us to win Yeah And I hope we do Because that's that's The one trophy That's eluded us now yeah. I feel like the last few years Is that Champions League trophy But Chelsea look on fire they do look very good at the minute don't they there's not really much you can say about that they've no. had a couple of losses also fingers crossed that's gonna that's gonna knock them yeah we'll see pep Leicester. wants
0: it though as well he needs that city. yeah he yeah. needs that trophy at city, That's he? it he so really does
1: there might be some very very loud screaming in our house tonight yeah so sorry gordon and man <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> have you seen on the news about prince uh, charles's sausage fingers what so he was caught. Um, <laughs> he was caught in the Duke of Wales pub. Jesus Christ! Shut up, man. He was caught in the uh, the Duke of Wales pub, like all a pint and he's got really fat sausage fingers. That's actually a medical condition. But he's been like called out onto Twitter and social media for no way. <laughs> this medical condition that
1: makes him have massive. What well, looks extremities. like cumberland's on yeah. the <laughs> pint, <yes. laughs> yeah you got any bread rolls for them, mate? <laughs> no, they're fine as they are. <laughs>
0: it's become a common theme that we seem to slag a different royal off every episode. Yeah, it? Fuck it. We've got <laughs> Prince Philip's dry eyes in the first one oh, yeah, and uh, Prince Charles's sausage yeah, fingers.
1: That's it, yeah. Charles's sausage butty hands.
0: Book, you know. William's next, mate. swear to God. <laughs> someone <old> come <gum> up. <laughs> and uh, Kim Jong Un's banned, uh Skinny Jeans, hasn't he? In, uh, in North Korea.
1: What fucking news are you looking yeah. at? Oh, I don't see any of this. <laughs>
0: it's my life, man. <laughs> Spare you fucking time. sit
1: there <laughs> looking through like weird news yeah. reports in jeans. It's Why? the one.
0: It's the one thing that I do kind of agree with him on. <laughs> Men shouldn't be wearing skinny jeans. though should they, be, man. Come do on. What they, want. Well, what? they can do what they want, but is it good for your body? So what we thought we do is kind of end our podcast with choosing a different song we've been listening to as loads the last week. Um, it doesn't have to be a new song, but it's just been something that we can't really get out of our heads. So, Chris, what's your uh, pick for track of the week this week?
1: Well, again, going back to, you know, anniversaries and stuff like that, nothing to prove, H2O, 25 years? Yeah. Yeah? Wow. Crazy. Uh, yeah. So my favourite track is actually off that. It's What Happened. I have been absolutely caning it this week with this song because I was thinking to myself and I was talking to a, a, like one of my clients as well about like music and stuff and how it's changed. And it literally, like the lyrics that he's talking about in there, just resonate today. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're literally just like, what's going on? Yeah. Why, why, why is it image before substance now? Yeah. You know what I, mean? I don't understand it. Relevant in it, yeah, yeah, yeah. You need passion before fashion. Mm-hmm. I want, I know it sounds old and I'm like, but I want the music scenes to go back to what they were, where yeah. they had like you know, back grassroots mm-hmm. caught everyone knew each other, yeah. Like it's so disparate now with like people all you know, yeah, here, there and everywhere. So, you I
0: mean, like, as gigs have become less accessible, crowds have changed, haven't mm-hmm. they? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, like subgroups and subgenres have as well, but yeah, it's a good pick, man. It's been something like, like I say. You, was play, you were blasting it a couple of weeks ago and then I've been like, I cannot not get H2O off my playlist at the minute. It's yeah, been everywhere. Yeah. I go, if I'm going everywhere, a million miles an hour, Like I'm so upbeat and I'm like, come on, yeah. I'll do this.
1: <laughs> Posse hardcore, man.
0: <laughs> Another track, my pick of the week is um, John L by Black Middy off the Cavalcade LP. Um, I just can't get it out of my head. It's just this re- repetitive riff like they do so well, but with incredible drums over it. As per Black Midi, like yeah, yeah, has yeah. got a weird like primus kind of feel to it. Um, the
1: vocals are visceral,
0: really weird, like
1: really snarly as well. Yeah, like, yeah. I've
0: seen a video of him doing um, KXP at home, and he's dressed in like a charity shop blazer, shirt, and tie, and he looks like a very young David Byrne, like and he's oh, playing right. his weird guitar, and but yeah, it's a it's a it's a weird song. I like it though. I just can't get it out of my head. I don't know if I love it or hate it. It's just one of those. I think that is Black Midi to a T though. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I but still like was... as
0: much as I mind I don't know whether I love them or I hate the band because like, so, they live in my mind and I can't get them off. But, yeah, they make you think. And I think the album is uh, great artwork again. It looks yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's a song that I cannot stop listening to.
1: Yeah. I, do, I wonder if they're ever going to be one of them bands that breaks. I also right. you know yeah they deserve it they've got the talent too but like the music that they write it's not easy listening no it ain't gonna get easy you know what I mean it won't be on top of the pops no it will not back in the day I wish it would be though yeah man
0: cool right that's our picks that's our show peace thank you. out people thank you very much for listening take care see you next time bye
1: bye